and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and I'm here today with Michael Massey. Hi, Michael. Hi, Kara. Technically, though, speaking, today you're here with me. You're right. I am. Yes, on-site, on-location at uh, the Pool House Yep. in uh, Zionsville, Indiana. Mm-hmm. That's the Pool House. That's right. And this is the current resting spot for uh, the Ark One, um, this golden pyramid um, that uh, um, that I built with my uh, friend Jason from I Pyramids, and we're having a little bit of fun with it here um, in uh, the lead up to we're doing a a uh, an online course soon, and so we're using this to actually. Uh, to turbocharge and uh, imprint some some cool devices that uh, um, that will be a part of that program. Right. Yeah. This is awesome. I love this thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about? Oh, it generates a uh, a toroidal field. Is what it does. It has a magnetic field generator in it, and. Um, uh, and it accepts a frequency input. In this case, it's actually taking an ultrasound frequency as its input, which creates a harmonic resonance in this actual coil. And uh, these kind of the kind of coils and magnetic fields that are used in like the, the kind of like large Hadron Collider and particle accelerators and stuff like this. So it's like a tabletop particle accelerator. And um, so at this harmonic resonance frequency, this coil actually beats uh, very much like the human heart. It goes boom, 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 boom. And, um, and so then that actually induces a, uh, a current in this golden pyramid uh, chassis, and it creates a, uh, a patterned electromagnetic field. So... Is when you talk about that um, pulsating, that like heartbeat, yeah. is there a way to measure that or to see that beyond just? In theory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can just hook, you can just hold a uh, um, what's called a trifield meter up to it, and you can watch the magnetic field, and it's it's beating like a human heart. It's, it's, it's actually running right around uh, seven, between sixty to seventy beats per minute. So. Mm, so that's interesting yeah. that we're, I mean, like the microphone is just outside this pyramid. It's a tabletop pyramid, but it's, I mean, it's big. It takes up the whole table. Um, but I mean, there's theoretically that vibration is entering into the sound waves. Uh-huh. Yes. I mean, I guess more than theoretically. Uh, actually, what this is doing is it's charging the space around us, the physical space that is around us. And then, of course, then we're speaking through that physical mm-hmm. space. So um, there's a, and, uh, an overlap or there's a interplay, if you will, uh, between uh, the, this pyramid, the space that is creating around it and inside it. And then um, our, our broadcast to you all here today wow okay so this is like a an even more supercharged yes podcast and we're gonna release this 
on the summer, well, for the northern hemisphere, the summer solstice. Correct, which is two days away. Yep. So this is Friday, and we're recording this now Mm -hmm. to release on Sunday. Yep. And now this is our last little hurrah here before um, we're both headed off in different directions. Yeah. And so where are you going uh, this next week uh, for the solstice? I am going to Ashland. Am I going? Am I going to? What's the name of the place where I'm going? Ashland, uh-huh. um, Oregon. Right. I'm going on a Twin Ray retreat. So Twin Twin Ray was one of our was we we interviewed them. You and I did on eleven uh, eleven. Right. That's right. And that was Sananda and Shakina. Yep. yep. And I, well, we both loved them so much. And so they're having a retreat in Oregon, and uh, I felt very called to go and be there. So I'm super excited about that. And Michael, where are you going? I'm going to Asheville, North Carolina, and to uh, a property out there called Healing Waters. And where I will be then meeting up with two of my dearest, dearest safari uh, family, um, Socrates and Sarah. So wait a second. We got Sananda and Shakina. Oh, and yeah. And Socrates <laughs> and Sarah. So there's must the big, big S thing going on Oh, here. for the solstice. For the solstice. <laughs> so this is like a solar celebration, right? Wow. Um, I didn't put that together until just now. Yeah. So uh, the, what is I'm super excited about. Now, this is my first time to Asheville. This is your first time to Ashland. Is, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yep. And uh, for those uh, who may not be familiar, these are two of um, the, along with Sedona, um, these are, those make the three kind of, spiritual mecca spots in the united states um where there's uh communities and stuff around probably if you added another one in it would be uh shasta or ohio uh, ohio is as well okay so there's a few others yeah. also okay <laughs> uh, but Asheville, ashland those are both known as very conscious communities mm-hmm. um and uh so i'm really excited to actually make it out to Asheville. i've had a uh, a lot of folks I know have uh, been through there, uh, but I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. And so my main kind of focus over uh, the last decade or so has been in the western United States. Mm-hmm. And so I'm. Uh, we've talked a little bit about planetary grid working. We could certainly talk a whole lot more about it, but... Um, but those who have, uh, uh, were, were to each kind of their own, are drawn to certain areas, certain geographies where they, uh, interact with the, the, the planet there. Mm-hmm. And so this is an opportunity for me to spend some time in a new grid. A new grid. New grid. Mm-hmm. And you. Yeah. Also. Yes. So, um... Now, and we both came off of recent 
um, trips out into the Four Corners area, so yeah. the, where uh, where you find Sedona, um, but you also find a lot of um, um, other amazing uh, places. And, and you just went. Came, I just came back from Sedona, and you just came back from Utah, Utah, mm-hmm. Zion, and Arches, and right, and Bryce Canyon. And now we're in Zionsville. Bill, right? <laughs> there. We have such a tapestry that's uh, being woven right now. It's it very, is. very exciting. And uh, an exciting thing for me is is I've gotten a few hits, um, some directions from Spirit here that's uh, kind of revealed um, uh, some really wonderful and amazing things that are happening in in terms of the overall planetary mechanics. Um, the energies um, that are present and coming in from the cosmic level and being downstepped um, into the planetary frequencies and planetary body. And um, so we kind of just, I, what I would like to do here is just uh, kind of put out a, um, I don't know what you want to call it, a, 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 a request or just an exhortation to, uh, for this solstice that um, that uh, we focus or, or your, our intent on this kind of bridging or arcing the east and the west together into one mm-hmm. instead of, you know, two separate grids is actually linking them together. And in a sense, what we're doing is we're talking about a planetary grid geographically but we're really trying to arc the divide that exists within consciousness of humanity. Mm. And this kind of divide is part of the, and we're talking the divide that is uh, duality. It's not limited to just the, the political sphere mm-hmm. of red versus blue, but also uh, male versus female or, um, you know, uh, earth and heaven and all 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 dualities and so uh may this solstice uh for um for all of us bring about uh greater clarity and unity that where where we were once divided let us be united Mm. yeah that's beautiful so do we want to I mean, when you brought up the pyramid, Mm -hmm. well, one of the things that I wanted to share with everybody about the pyramid, because um, (laughs) we both have pendants that that um, are that, you know, we wear on necklaces that are crystals. And so when you first set this pyramid up a few months ago, a couple months ago, I there's a little like hanging device and and I put my my pendant my crystal my clear quartz crystal pendant um I hung it and then it just started rotating like around a little or swinging like but that you know we talked about measuring the toroidal field and that pulsation but that's a really interesting phenomenon that you can actually see, like a pendant moving in it. Uh, yeah, and actually, that's one of the configurations that we'll 
We'll do actually. There's a there's like if you take a magnetic sphere, like a by these spherical neo neodymium magnets, mm-hmm. and then suspend it right underneath there, and you get a very very dramatic effect of this. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, another cool thing is to like hold a wand that has a magnet in it or something, um, or a staff pole. We've done that with the bigger pyramids, and you hold it right underneath there, and you can feel it. Uh-huh. You know, and so you can, that kind of brings it home too, because you can really feel that there's that which is invisible, but there's definitely there's oh, this, there's a force. There's a force. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Generated now, by this pyramid. When we the first time you were ever on the podcast, I think it was episode thirty three, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You talked about when you and Jason um, made the big pyramid, and you took it to the Chicago conference. Um, but it's been a while since I've heard this story and there may be people who are jumping in and they've never heard that story. So can you share, cause it, that is fascinating. Just the, res- the response of the people, but also the phenomenon that oh. happened while you guys were in the process of building it. Right. And so what we're, what we have right in front of us is a, what we call the arc one. It has a, has a single, um, toroidal magnetic field generator in it. And what we did in Chicago is we had one that was built in an octahedron format, so it had six. We call that one the ARC-6. And it had, uh, so it had six field generators in it. And uh, we had, I think, an 8,000-watt amplifier that that powered it. And it, uh, when we, it took us 17 hours to assemble it when we Wow. Yeah, for this uh, 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 for this conference, and we had got it all put together and it was working. And then we noticed that the TV had turned itself on. It was we had a TV monitor there, um, and and uh, which was a bit odd or unusual, especially considering that it was unplugged from the wall. Right, which is. Just take a moment. Just take a moment. <laughs> Let's not like skip over this. So, <laughs> so the TV monitor was unplugged. Unplugged. And the force that that this arc six pyramid generated, yeah, was caused it to turn on, on by itself. Self. Not even just like oh, there's enough power that if we take the initiative to turn it on, it'll turn. It just. I mean, this is like poltergeist territory. <laughs> Isn't that part of the poltergeist uh, movie? <laughs> yeah, it but, could be. But totally benevolent. Yeah, or, yes. Or we were actually, yeah, created sufficient charge within that room that, you know, powered the electronics. It was, mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting. Um, uh, then we had... Uh, we had it set up with a chair in the middle and and then people could come in and uh and, and take like a three minute ride. This was at the conference. At the conference, yeah. Mm-hmm. And And what year was this? This was two thousand sixteen. Okay. And uh the uh the number one response that we got was was people coming out with just tears streaming down their face. Mm. And 
without going too much into the science of it, but it was we we had actually created such this such a beautiful actual energetic space within this that literally has a very profound impact on um, uh, on our brain and our bioenergetic system. Mm-hmm. And so most of the people in a most simplistic way of looking at it, that the, the, the stable field, uh, when someone steps into it, it kind of does all the heavy lifting that you would ordinarily be doing for yourself in a meditation practice. Okay. So in other words, it, was, it, would just, it just quieted the mind. And so we had like people coming into this that um, weren't even full participants at the conference. They were just like folks that were there at the hotel that saw it and and, uh. and um, guy people off the street. Hmm. Okay, um, we'd be like construction workers and stuff coming out with tears streaming down their face. Wow! And so what they're doing is but but imagine if you will just 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 to get hit peace of mind mm-hmm. and how valuable peace of mind is because for some people that might be their first known experience yeah of having their mind just all of a sudden just still and quiet yeah and that alone is Profound, and then we had other people that came out that were like their eyes were like super dilated, and they were just and I mean one gal just came out and she says, "Yeah, I just saw God." Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's that. There was that kind of thing. Um, there was others that came out and said, uh, uh, <laughs> "said one other gal was like." Yeah, I think I just did a complete, like, total, like, like, uh, just took a big energetic dump and it just cleaned me all out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I guess to each their own, what they might, might What metaphor might might suit. Yeah, what suits them, what, you know, people explain it differently. And, um, so anyways, this is a, this is a cool... Uh, uh, cool technology that uh, you know it's been in development now for oh close to ten years. Um, that draws on you know universal geometries and 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 fairly simple, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, physics mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you know that's been around for since the dawn of the universe Mm -hmm. so it's not like it's uh and this is one of the things that kind of makes it uh neat or elegant Mm -hmm. is that uh it's it's kind of is the simplicity of the design in terms of the building blocks that are universal yeah yeah there's a really interesting so so jason at i pyramid um, you went and hung out with him uh, when you were in Sedona, and it prompted me to just look him up. And uh, I and the first thing that came up when I looked him up was his Instagram page. And so he has like you know loads of stuff for I Pyramid um, on there that are fascinating. So they all are you know based on the sacred geometries and different 
tech, technologies to uh, help with consciousness, similarly to what we're talking about here with the pyramid. And there was a photo of from 2016 or whenever it was um, of you and two other guys who were like back when you guys were creating the Arc Six. Yeah. And one of the things in the like the description of the photo. He talked about, and I think you've told me this too, but um, how in the process of creating it, um, you guys ended up like not really needing to speak out loud a lot of the time. You were in the drift. Yes. I, I find this fascinating. Do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, well, we had such a... We had such a uh, a shared consciousness and a shared mission in the construction of it um, that it was there was a divine orchestration to it that made it such that we just intuitively knew we knew what was to you know what needed to be done and and we were all working off of this shared construct Mm -hmm. and which is a which is an, a neat idea. And uh, for anyone that's familiar with like the ancient alien stuff on um, History Channel, mm-hmm. uh, there's, they've covered this ruins down in uh, Central America, or I think it's Central or South America, uh, referred to as Puma Punca. Okay. And one of the things about that's interesting about Pumapunka is it's built out of these megalithic stones that are 80 tons or more. And they're, these are all made out of uh, granite and or diorite. Okay? I don't know what diorite it's, is. But yeah, it's just a very, very hard. <laughs> okay. Now, you can't, you can't cut that very easily. Uh, it's not like, that's not like, Marble that you can sculpt, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, you would need like diamond-tipped saws or laser cutters mm-hmm. to work with that in terms of modern technology to, mm-hmm. to cut it. And the the way these things are actually the, these blocks are cut or with precision, like five millimeter grooves that just completely they look machined Hmm. and yet here is this ancient ruin yeah and the other interesting thing about this particular site this archaeological site is that there's no evidence of any written culture Hmm. and so which begs this question of how could they construct something like that somebody have built this without Hmm. having plans without Hmm. having some kind of schematics and ways to communicate this right okay unless there was some kind of shared construct in this telepathy or shared consciousness um, amongst uh, whatever tribe it was that actually constructed this such that no written language was necessary well I mean but you're skirting over the obvious answer to that which is aliens obviously obviously yeah (laughs) the answer to everything yes yes i mean it's in the the very beginning of your story you're talking about ancient aliens yeah (laughs) 
it does beg that question because it's that mysterious. Yeah. And I do, you know, uh, and we've talked and we've had our other episode where we're talking about uh, galactic beings and whatnot. Um, and so, uh, you know, and I think that there's, there's wonderful mysteries, let's say, to, uh, to unfold in terms of uh, the, the d- discovery and contact with other races of beings and knowing we're not alone in the universe. But there's also wonderful mysteries and stuff for us to understand about our own history and that we've had in, you know, in the past that, you know, that we've, there's been um, uh, very advanced civilizations within our own history. Mm-hmm. And that, that, hey, wait a second, maybe um, our own story of humanity is a bit more interesting. Than yeah, maybe it's more of a spiral rather than linear. linear you know, we right. kind of look at it from a historical perspective that we keep evolving and getting smarter and more technologically advanced, but there are a lot there's a lot of evidence that it's actually it spirals it's and we have had like super advanced cultures and and uh, civilizations that that we don't you know, it's not part of our our accepted history, is which is fascinating. It is fascinating. I kind of didn't Shakespeare say all the world is a stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I liken it to this earth itself. It's, cool. it's very old, and it's the stage upon which any number of plays have been. Yeah. Have gone on, and so there's been, uh, you know, there's been plays in the past that very much come to us. Like a Lord of the Rings kind of a thing, okay? Mm-hmm. That that's actually a story of of that we tell now about a play that happened many plays ago. Yeah. Well, and if we think about the possibility of parallel realities, too. Yeah. I mean, one of the f- fundamental things of quantum physics, I would, or well, you tell me the, the branch of science, okay? But is that time and space are an illusion, you know, that there really is no time and space, and, and it's just like something that we are, that's a way that we experience the third and fourth dimension. Um, which branch of science would that be? Well, I, it falls into Einstein's territory there, where he, and he referred to them as... as uh, um, yeah, uh, stubbornly persistent. Uh, oh yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> his words. Yeah, yeah, and yes. But if we're dealing with you know that that and you see this, I mean, with light speed and things like that, where things are just time time is different in different places throughout the galaxy. I mean, this is just a known thing. But if we're dealing with parallel realities and like a multiverse then it could be things that i mean if if time and space don't exist then it's also playing out now try to get your head around that Uh, make that make sense for us michael (laughs) because you can't really with your logical mind i mean you can't real i can't unravel that enough to be like oh yeah okay that really i totally 
get that. But I can understand that time and space is something that it's part of the reality that we have here in this experience. And that, you know, that doesn't mean that that's what is that, that that's everything that there is to know or everything that's going on. The simplest analog that I that have for that is just like a TV is a TV. Mm-hmm. That and over the airwaves, so to speak, uh, you have a whole number of channels. In this day and age, these this has turned into hundreds of channels. Yeah, and these are all these cha- these channels are all being broadcast simultaneously. And so what it is in terms of your, your one's own individual experience has to do with what channel you're turned on to. But the other ones are happening at the same time. Yeah. And so um, they're all, all the channels are on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what your experience of them is going to be depending on which one you're tuned into. Yeah. And so this is sort of a way to envision multiple realities all existing simultaneously just on different frequencies Mm -hmm. uh, just like a television set yeah and in a you know under this kind of this model and we had to we'd we'd been talking a little bit earlier about the 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 solstice and and um certain when we when you say cosmic energy is coming in and arriving in in the uh, into the planetary grid and this you might just kind of have to take my word for it, but what happens when there's a, there's uh, upgrades or um, there's new uh, enhancements or there's an uptick in the energy of the uh, of the planetary grid? It makes new reality channels available, mm. and so this is really what is happening, kind of focused here in terms of the the overall planetary grid and the alignments that are happening um, with the uh, with the eclipses leading up into this Father's Day solstice is the this new channels or new realities now available, hmm. and so um, so totally encourage everyone out there in your meditations. To to yes to to both um, uh, set forth the intent that there may be a, um, there may be a, a unity where there has been division, and then to also open yourself up to um, to a new realities or reality potentials that weren't even available, mm. you know, but. A few weeks ago, or certainly a few months ago, and so this also leads to kind of a this an exciting type of uh, of, of time here, where we go through a the uh, what's called a gateway, where there's this upgrade, and that new things and new potentials, new possibilities um, that that may never have even dreamed were possible. Um, are now possible uh, through this uh, through this event that we are sharing together. And then, does that? What about um, things dropping away? Is there also a subsequent of things collapsing and dropping away, like yeah, lower? That can, yeah, that can happen. Mm-hmm. That well, that can happen too. Um, and.
it's one of those things where there will be certain, the, some of them will cycle off as soon as you is no one's paying attention to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, but the universe is kind of a loving place. It's like, okay, oh yeah, so and so still watching that channel. We'll let them finish up their show over there, and then okay, then it'll drop off. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Beautiful. Well, it's very exciting about this solstice and the possibilities that are presenting. I am, yeah, super stoked about it. Yeah. And um, so I'll be curious to uh, um, uh, to pick this back up on the other side. Yeah. Um, I, I wish uh, I'd say want to say good luck and Godspeed to um, all you great souls out there. And uh, uh, let's go, team, and let's step into our highest potentials that we may realize the best of who we are and the best of who uh, those around us that we love and the best that this planet has to offer because it is indeed a beautiful place. Beautiful. Well, I can't, I can't top that, so I'm just going to have to say... I look forward to the next meditation conversation. Thanks for listening. Yes. <laughs>